This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, September 4th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, uh uh-oh, I'm out of order, there might be a reason. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. I was born this way. (laughs) And, oh no, where did Jamie Ivey go? She's not here on today's show, she's like on vacation or something. Uh, So sitting in today, we are very excited uh, for the whole show. Counselor, author, podcaster, and friend of the show, Kristen Howerton is joining us. Hey, guys. Hey, good to have you. Yeah. Uh, we're, now, in a second, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you a few questions, but I got to tell everybody, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to singer, rapper, producer, Christian Gray is joining Ooh, us. Oh, that's my dog. Hold on. Sorry. That's my dog. Shout he has a great, a great, great new album coming out. Uh, he has a great new album. It's called Closer, Restore My Sight, and you'll get to experience that coming up. Crazy conversation with him. Covers a lot. Covers a lot. Uh, the protests, obviously. Addiction. Just mm. a, it's a deep, wow. deep one. So stay tuned for that. All right, Kristen. So longtime listeners know you. You've been on the show many times, but I thought it would be good since everybody's used to Jamie. Now, yes, you know, you're not Jamie, you're very different, and so I'm we less, need to get. I'm less southern than Jamie. <laughs> that is, I think everyone is less summer, yeah, su- southern true. than Jamie. Uh, we want to get to know you. I have, I have a few get to know you questions that I thought okay. we'd just kick things off, people get to know you, and then we'll get going with the show. So, okay. here we go, in no particular order. Some table topics cards that I grabbed right before we started recording. Okay, Kristen, if you became president, this is political season. We don't like to get partisan, but we're going there. If you became president, what is the first thing you would do to make the country a better place? I feel like the bar is so low. I mean, just me me, me being president would be better. Like, I have zero experience, zero business being president, and yet I feel... 100% 100% confident I could just make it better by not being who's there right now. Addition by subtraction is what you're saying. <laughs> it does, it right. does feel like even if someone were elected to president, elected president and just decided just to check out, just immediately be like, I'm going on vacation, it yeah. would be better than what we have right, Listen, right now. My 13-year-old son who has no brain right now would be better than who is there. Like I nominate my 13-year-old skateboarding <laughs> trying to get a girlfriend son over who's there right now. Oh, she just gonna come instantly <laughs> out the gate with the sledgehammer. Okay, Kristen. You know what well, I'm saying? It, it, okay. It, okay, so real quick, along those lines, I don't know if you guys ever if you guys listen to Revisionist History at all. Malcolm yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's got a great podcast. Um he had an episode where he talked and just speaking to your point, Kristen, that like, <laughs> you know, maybe we should just maybe we should just try something totally new here. They they he did an interview with this like this like, I don't know, school that for, uh, you know, student body elections, instead of having people campaign and do that, that whole song and dance, all the students were entered into a lottery. And <laughs> basically, if their number gets drawn, they have to be in the position of student government that their yeah. number got picked. 
And the results were one, it was more representative of, yeah. of the students, you know, but they also found that when you plug people in who aren't politicians, they don't think like politicians and they just think like normal human beings. And it was a huge net gain. So, Kristen, I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we just need like a like every every person in the country, is, you know, if their name gets pulled, it's like, oh, I'm president next year. And it's just like one year. We'll give you a shot. Let's see what happens. I feel I like, like that could be a better system. But I'll, OK, I, I'm being snarky. But if I were in that position, I do think what would improve things in the times we are in right now would probably be, number one, maybe a federal response to the pandemic. Like, that might be helpful. Um, and then number two, maybe a president who engages in the current racial reckoning and denounces, you know, I don't know, people showing up to protests with guns trying to protect people. You know, I, yeah. there's there's lots. There's lots yeah. I would do. Where, where on the list is getting in air force one going right to area area 31 and putting on a, like a gopro 51. area 51 and say let's time to show them american people them aliens and just walk <laughs> right in there and be like i'm that the would president be high. that that, that, that would, would be, be high, but but i'm also really shallow and i would also really like to redecorate a couple rooms in mm-hmm. the white house too. i think they do that though i think every president redecorates yeah, that would like be that, that would be a highlight for me one guy put in a bowling alley and one guy turned in, into a pool and one guy i mean they yeah. you do what you want yeah trump has trump wallpaper I making heard. the country a better place and like redecorating no. are sort of like equal in in my <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. Hey, right. Chris, you need to go radical. You'd be like, listen, I know the Oval Office has done pretty well. How do you guys feel about an octagon? Why don't we change it to an octagon? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. see what happens. Yeah, the know, just throw noodles at the wall. Some of these are going to stick. The Oval's like a little it. dated. Like, I feel like we could really elevate it. Yeah, yeah like I exactly. I, like I, I would I would bring Vaulted like Chip ceilings. And, yeah, I would bring Chip and Joe in, throw some shiplap up there, yeah. get open a nice concept. mantle. Yeah, yeah. open concept. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, shabby chic, uh, yeah. you know, kind of farmhouse style. <laughs> yeah. I, I just see yeah. us going a lot of directions. So the current administration, uh, it, you know, it, it dips everything in gold and puts wallpaper on stuff. I think <laughs> I want to do... <laughs> I want. I just want. I, I think I'd bring Chip and Joe in. Just say, listen, you guys go wild, renovate this thing. Let's bring see. Chip and let's, Joe in. Let's let's check behind that old creepy painting. There might be some shiplap hiding behind that. <laughs> Do it, Chip. <laughs> Do your thing. Jump through that thing. Jump through that piece of drywall. Get everyone uh, like going. All right, Kristen. More get to know your questions. Uh, if you could pick your own name, what would it be? Oh, oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, hmm. or nickname. Nickname. You know what's weird? I've never had a nickname. I'm not a nickname either. person. I don't have a I don't have a goal name in mind right now, but when I was younger, I really wanted a James Bond name. But mm. I didn't understand like how sexual they were. Um, <laughs> and I just liked all of the names of James Bond girls. So but I don't I don't know if that would serve me well now as a 45-year-old mother of four. I don't and know. Counselor. Who's your counselor? Professionally oh, it might not work out. And future president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I that know. might not hurt. Knowing the American people right now, that probably wouldn't even hurt your chances. Oh, you'd be good. Yeah, be, it, it, I hadn't it, thought about running for president, but you guys are like, you're you're making a good case for it. I don't know. All right, we'll two, see. La- we'll see two more questions. What okay. is your biggest fear? Ooh. Um, you guys, I have a really weird fish phobia. I, I hate fish. You don't which like is fish. Weird. 
Like what about them? Like eating them or touching them or looking at them? All parts of it. I don't want to look at a fish. And I grew up in Florida. I don't want to snorkel. I don't want to be in a water with a fish. I don't want to eat a fish. They just totally grossed me out. At first, I thought you were talking about the band fish. I was like, I'm pretty afraid of those hippies. I'm too. neutral <laughs> on the band. New- pretty neutral on the band. Yeah. I don't want to like, feels like fish people are weird, right? They're like, definitely yeah. weird. If you're a fish fan, you, that says a lot about you. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it is. It's a very, it's a, it's a very specific signifier of right. you're like the you're type of You're probably white with dreadlocks <laughs> and <laughs> oh underemployed. My oh, oh my God. <laughs> 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 Kristen yeah. is coming with the smoke. Okay, she's like, I'm, I, you know, I mean, I'd be back yeah. on here again. So whatever. I, I, I will say, your, your she's employment gonna offend a wide swath yeah. of people today. Your your employment prospects might not be great, but you should see what they can do with a frisbee. <laughs> they can. I feel like they're good with the what's the ball hacky where you sack. like hacky sack. Hacky, hacky sack. sack. I feel like they're good at that. Or too. remember those like devil oh. sticks? It's like this. It was like you hold two sticks and you fling totally. another stick, and then like fish fans are awesome at that. <laughs> I'm going to also say, though, that fish fans and the people that go to the like really charismatic churches that fly the flags in the yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Like there's a Venn diagram there that yeah, has it, a lot of overlap. No, 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 no. I can tell you as a as a kid who grew up in that world. OK, they they there's no Venn diagram no. between flag wavers because that's like a very conservative mom. And that's, that's her creative true. outlet. That's her expression unto the Lord. She would think that a fish, she would be scared. Terrified. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just that they look alike. Like they, <laughs> like the moves, they, they've kind of, they've co-opted some moves. The fluidity. Yes. Yes. I, I would say this about fish fans. They are actually highly skilled people. When you talk about things like hacky yeah. sack or finding lightly expired food and the dumpsters <laughs> buying grocery stores, it's just not a lot of those skills transfer to what the man says is a yeah. job yes. that <laughs> deserves an income and health yeah. insurance. You know, it's just, who makes yeah, these they're, rules? They're, they're on their own path. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, Kristen Howerton, what is your most embarrassing moment? Oh, man. My most embarrassing moment. Um, I did in college. I went to Bible college, very small campus, came from Florida, went to college in Cincinnati, had never lived in snow. And I did walk out of the library in front of pretty much the entire student body fall on the ice and fall straight on my face and got a bloody nose oh. my freshman year. That was, that was a little embarrassing. That's tough to freshman year because yeah. you're not established yet. You're not no, comfortable. Yeah. Just, a, just a girl from Florida falling on my face. What, what school did you go to in Cincinnati? I went to Cincinnati Bible College, which is no longer a college. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Fighting Tigers. I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't know what our mascot was so dude if your school goes out of business what happens to your degree right is it invalidated i I actually don't know fortunately i did go on to go to graduate school at a reputable college (laughs) so i have like some degree that i can show for myself but i i don't know i I went to I have some friends who went to Elam Bible Institute and their accreditation may have changed but at the time they weren't technically a college, so they they, they said they they would just joke and be like, ah, I gotta you know I gotta head back to institute now, you know, oh, yeah. back to institute time. Yeah, I mean, mine was 
barely a college, you know, <laughs> like all of our cl- all of our classes somehow led back to the Bible, like somehow geometry was like biblical geometry, you know, like nothing was just like straight up. (laughs) Everything somehow had to lead back to God where you're like, I feel like this is a stretch. Like maybe we could have just done this science class without all the Bible. Yeah, I majored in biblical geometry. So (laughs) I didn't mean to insult you. (laughs) My biblical geometry degree is not serving me well unless someone wants to build a replica of Solomon's temple. At that point, yeah, you know, you're, you're, I'm just waiting for the call. You're the only one. Yeah, I'm very qualified. Well, you know, that's exactly what we were doing. It was like, let's do the dimensions of the ark. Like every every word problem was like somehow biblical. <laughs> Derek, what's your what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, um, I was on stage in front of about five thousand people wearing some chino shorts and. I did a jump kick in the air and split right down the middle, and my uh, my uh, man parts were showing. So, oh no! <laughs> but that's my underwear. I was I was wearing underwear, but yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> did you, what did you do? Did you play it off? Did I mean what did you do? Like how did you respond? I ran, in that I ran off the stage and I told okay. my drummer to play something, and then I <laughs> autographed the shorts and threw them in the crowd. So, so the whole crowd saw it. It wasn't yeah. something you could oh, play off the, like. There were girls in the front row like <gasps> clutching their pearls. It was really, really bad. Uh, did yeah. you post it on social media? Like, did it become a... Thankfully, this was before social media okay. was like going crazy. So it, this is before everything was a picture. So yeah. uh, I was blessed. But yeah, I, I uh, showed some girls I, my Spider-Man underwear. I, 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 on think, accident, so. I think, you know, embarrassing moments. It's really a, a, a BCAD thing with the Internet, because okay. if someone catches one now, it lives forever. If you have an embarrassing moment like Derek yours or, or, or Kristen falling, it's like that's a vague memory in people's mind. And they'll probably at some point forget it. But yeah. if you're but like if you have an above ground pool in your backyard as well as a trampoline and there's a mishap while you get a little too courageous, that memory is going to live on on YouTube forever, <laughs> forever. You know? and, forever. And, and, and and constitute most of my media consumption. So uh, <laughs> let's all be happy. Our embarrassing moments happened before before everyone had a phone in there or a camera in their pocket. There you go. All right. Well, uh, so a little foreshadowing. So this is the Friday episode. Kristen's actually also going to join us on Tuesday's upcoming episode as well. And I'll tell you, I'm going to ask her a few more questions on that one. So don't miss that episode. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, Stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us and it's the hot list. I just got the key, they let me in, no ID Doors opening up for me and now I see I've been blind for a while now I've been blind for a while now Yeah, I've been quarantined, living with my kids Trying to teach me how to cha-cha The round let the door open, now they know that they can't stop me No place me in no cop car Yeah, I'm on probation, so it's gas I blow I fell love in my bitch, so I don't ask no more I can really sit back, ain't got a pass, no dough All of my brothers get looped You're listening to the baby featuring Young Thug The song is Blind Oh, okay. It's like that. Okay, I see you. Why? It's inspirational. It's a good song. It's the cleanest DaBaby and Young Thug song I could find. So just I'm gonna be honest. That's the last thing I expected to, to hear on this this sanctified Holy Ghost filled fire baptized podcast. Hey, 
it, somebody uh, years ago made a tagline or a review about about there are two iTunes reviews that that are my favorite. One was uh, early in the show years. Somebody said, I don't know what's happening, but I like it. And that was like one of my favorite reviews ever. The next, uh, the, my second favorite was somebody said, just a little bit secular. And it was like, done. That's that's the goal. You yeah. need to be just a little bit secular. We did it. We did it. That's you're flattering. doing the baby and young dog, but you're doing the clean version. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So. we did it. It's like a, it's like a lock in at church. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace with the heaviness of all that's happening in our world right now? It can be difficult to find purpose and joy. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will access your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You conveniently connect in a safe and private online environment. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. To top it all off, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. You can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash relevant. All right. It's time for... It's the hottest, the hottest. It's sizzling. Kristen, we want to apologize for that jingle. I know it's very uncomfortable. Uh, joining us right now is uh, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee to tell us what's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Hey, Kristen. Hey. So what's going on? A uh, lot, lots going on. Uh, and the, the, the first, so I got a few stories, about three stories here. The first one that, uh, that, uh, is actually causing a lot of chatter over at the, the relevant website today is a new study from Lifeways, uh, relatively new, still study branch of survey they did for Legionnaire Ministries, uh, that found some kind of interesting, I would say surprising beliefs among those, uh, among the American evangelical populace. Uh, the big one being that the the standout note being uh, that 30% of self-identified evangelicals in this country believe that Jesus was a good teacher, but not necessarily God. That would be a 30%. Pretty, 30% would be a pretty marked departure from what we, we would consider to be a, a historically evangelical teaching. Uh, that's about now about half of all Americans would say the same thing. That's not super surprising. 30% of evangelicals, definitely notable. That's a huge drop 20 years ago, you were looking at about 8% of evangelicals, which even at the time, wow, that's a <laughs> that's a shift, right? So according to Legionnaire, they said, quote, the confusion illustrated in these results suggests a dire need for Christians to be taught Christology, the doctrine of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, now, I, to understand just how strange this is, and I know this isn't talked about a, a whole lot, there's a lot of confusion about what the word evangelical even means right now. There's a lot of definitions. It's not well defined for most people, but the generally accepted idea for what qualifies somebody to be an evangelical, not just a Protestant, but an evangelical, is called the quadrilateral, uh, which means you hold biblicism, crucicentrism, conversionism, and activism. Biblicism, basically just a high esteem for the Bible, usually believing that it's close to completely literal, if not entirely. Uh, crucicentrism, which is a focus on the cross. Conversionism, prioritization of evangelism and activism, which means uh, has historically meant uh, living out the gospel in your own life in a way that makes a difference.
difference in the world around you. So whether or not everybody who self-identifies as an evangelical would hold all four of those things, you know, I, I don't think there's not a you don't sign a document to become an evangelical, right? There's no there's no. But I mean, mission like if statement. one out of three are saying they don't believe that Jesus is right. God, then they wouldn't even understand what half the list was, you know, and it shows and it just shows that how quickly evangelicalism has come to mean something that's a little bit hard to define. It's less of a theological or religious belief. It's more of a cultural signifier that I don't think uh, statistically, at least, is super well understood yet. And and I'm look, I'm not trying to be overly political, but I think this is what it is. I mean, I think some people might find this surprising, but honestly, I've had a lot of conversations with people uh, in evangelicalism in in, you know, the last years and months where it seems like there's a lack of understanding of basic principles like loving your enemy and welcoming the foreigner and, you know, things that are are very you know, essential teachings of Christ and, and faith. So for them to, to not to lack the understanding of another fundamental teaching of Christianity, it isn't all that surprising. I mean, so you're saying it's, like, it's almost like evangelicals that like last time they were at a church was when their kid was like sprinkled or something, well, or, you know or, I mean? or they, and, they, they go to a church, but they only hear what they want to hear. And if that oh. is about some social or political issue that they're passionate about, I mean, I, I'd be curious if you ask evangelicals, like, what does the Bible say about eye for an eye? You know what I mean? Like a very principle, a very cornerstone thing where Jesus says, no, the, the right answer there is to turn the other cheek. How many would say, well, the Bible teaches an eye for an eye. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a very large number, considering that's how as a as a voting block and as a, uh, you know, group that has some sort of social influence, it seems to be that's the, the, the teachings and theology they're promoting. So I, I think there's a, a huge lack of fundamental understanding of what the gospel is. So it doesn't really... It's not you're overly like surprising. A, you're sounding like a hippie fish fan is what you're sounding well, like. Well, you should see me with the Frisbee. <laughs> I'm not yeah. surprised at all cause, because, I mean, think about it. Like, what's happened over the, I mean, the course of the past, especially, you know, I would say the course of the past eight years, you know, has been just the politicizing of faith where, you know, mm-hmm. pastors get up and we talk about, I mean, you got John MacArthur who, who's wrote like commentary on the Bible talking about how coronavirus is a hoax and, and, you know, all this different stuff. So it's almost like that seems like where the time is spent as opposed to educating your parishioners on what the Bible actually says. Because the reality is if you educate them on what the Bible actually says, then some of these some of the public things that we see that's happening with evangelicals, you would think that it would probably, the, the gospel would butt up against a lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would seem as if the pastors are kind of like, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, this gets them going. Coronavirus is a hoax. <laughs> Play the organ. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's how it feels to me, at least. You know, I, I don't know. Hey, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's a trend you know, in, in kind of the eighties and nineties is obviously the surge of the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. your whole faith outlook is like what I can get from God money. And, right. And then, and then <laughs> right. And then it's kind of like our generation came up and was like, well, we're going to reject that. But if you actually look at a lot of the contemporary teachings now with this kind of next gen leadership, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about getting money from God, but it's what God can do for me. Yes. I can I feel better. I'm happier. My blessing or whatever. It is still me centered faith teaching instead of 
you know, being selfless and outwardly focused. It's me focused. And it's the same DNA as the prosperity glitz TV mm-hmm. evangelists, but it's just in different rapping now. Mm-hmm. And it's not about Jesus and it's not about Jesus's teachings and the tough teachings. It's about the easy palatable, uh, attractive Christianity. And it's not, I, I, you know, there's a generation that's completely biblically illiterate, yes. you know, they're, they're connecting with God through maybe popping in a worship album, yes. but, but they don't know what the scripture actually says about X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? So very, very humanistic is, yeah. the, you know, it's very humanistic, me centered. What can I get from God? Or, you know, even in, in something as, as innocent as you're going through this trial, but God is going to do this or that. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to overcome. Yeah. You're going to overcome. Not necessarily that. Nah, bro, you might have to eat this one. Like, because <laughs> you may not, you, you, you know, you may be in a bad place right now, but and you may have to be there. But, you know, like there's no, there's always a happy ending at the end of every sermon. Right. And I've just realized that mm-hmm. that only happens in movies. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> that's it only happens in movies. That's not the gospel all the time. So, mm-hmm. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, you, there's there's more to that study. They're, they're publishing the entire study uh, later this month. So we'll we'll probably report a little more on that on the site when it all comes out. Um, but uh, but move on. That, that's a little bit of a heavy topic. I want to move on. Uh, it's not often that a movie falls like squarely in the crosshairs for us here at Relevant, like directly onto the faith beat. But this one kind of did. So I want to draw y'all's attention to this movie. Uh, there's a new movie that's coming out. I believe we discussed it actually on the podcast about a hundred years ago in the before times. Uh, you might remember, Jesse, we talked about a, a movie that caught the ire of Fox and Friends based on the plot summary alone and uh, and the good people over at Fox. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. It's all it, all it takes to know something really is coming out of Hollyweird, Tyler. <laughs> I think the li- yeah, liberal Hollyweird uh, uh, got on their got on the bad side of, of the people at Fox News. It's no surprise. All we needed was a small blurb to know this is from the lamestream media <laughs> and denounce it, denounce it without actually knowing what it is. That's how this works, Tyler. We make rash, quick judgments and we double down. The movie's called Faith Based, uh, and it's the the basic plot summary is that two guys need a quick buck and they realize that to, that you can to, to get make it big in the Christian movie industry you don't have to be very good at making movies and you don't have to be very good at being a Christian either so they decided to make a, just a, a cheap bad Christian movie and hopefully make out like bandits uh, we've got a trailer for it now that dropped the, uh, earlier this week uh, Clark I think I gave you a little clip of that to play do you want to play just the audio part of that? For these movies to make money, you need some keywords in the title. Purpose, faith, prayer, heaven. You know, thoughts and prayers, the movie. Prayer and prejudice, faith and furious. <laughs> a prayer in space, the first prayer ever to be prayed in space. You gotta talk about God. It doesn't have to be God, God. You can talk about a higher power. So then it's like... <laughs> the first prayer to ever be prayed in space. Dude, it- What's crazy about this trailer is Todd Packer is in it. Yeah. Uh, George Costanza is in it. Uh-huh. They got some legit comedians <laughs> and actors. And it got it's some amazing. good buzz. It had, a, it had a very limited film festival release back again in the before times. And uh, and we, we haven't seen it yet. We'll hopefully be getting a screener later this week at Relevant. But the people who've seen it came back right now, currently, and it's only been a few people who've seen it. But right now, Rotten Tomatoes, 95% solid. Uh, so I we might, we might be in, <laughs> fingers crossed, uh, we might be in for an 
actually uh, an interesting treat here. Uh, and uh, it's not like to necessarily promote or recommend movies until we see them. So I'm not doing that here. But I do like so far what I'm seeing out of this. And I like the cast a lot. It looks like it really, could be really funny. And 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 a couple and the guys behind it, the two guys who wrote it or something, they're mm-hmm. they write for Funny or Die, which right. is a legit comedy site. But mm-hmm. they grew up in the oh, they grew up in the Christian goodness. world. That's so right. it's like. They, they straddle the two worlds. So for once, maybe this will be Hollywood exploring Christianity and it's not some generic Baptist pastor and a priest collar with a black gospel choir behind them because they don't know anything about church right. nuances. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like The call's coming from inside the house on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, Chris, Kristen, what, what's your take on, on faith-based films in general as a genre? I'm interested to hear. She's very inspired by them. She loves Oh, it. man. I'm not a fan. I mean, oh, I, no. it's, I, I'm not opposed to, like, the idea, but just the execution. I mean, yeah. it's funny because the, tr- the trailer <laughs> said it. It's like you just... She's among the 30% of Christians uh, who don't believe that Jesus is God or she yeah, doesn't like Christian yeah. movies. Be- yes. Because Sinner. of Christian movies. That's why. <laughs> yes. I lost my faith watching bad Christian movies. But I also don't like Hallmark movies. Like, I just don't like... Oh, okay. Because they're like the same. Cheese. They kind yeah, of are. I don't like yeah. cheesy. I don't like things to wrap up in a pretty bow. I mean, I like gritty, weird movies that people watch with me and go, why did you make me watch that? So I'm give, not give a fan of Christian movies. Give us an example. Oh, What's, I love uh, the Squid uh, and the Whale. I, I you oh, know, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. give me a Noah Baumbach movie, and I'm ha- you know, if if if, yeah. Yeah. if it's about existential angst and you end the movie feeling uncomfortable about life, I'm I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have a. I, we need to have a movie party. What was, what was the one with Ethan yeah. Hawke a couple of years ago? That seems like that's in that crosshair. It's boy, not Noah Baumbach, but it's well, which um, one? The boy where it was like the boy story where it was like filmed boyhood. over years. No, no the, the one where he played a a, a priest. Uh, I think it was he, an A24 film, but he played was. like he played a priest, a priest? That, that, that was having oh, like I a crisis that. of faith. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I did like that one. Yeah. Yes. That, that seems like that seems like in those crosshairs. Still yes. sort of a faith base, but also dealing with complicated things. Well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of sort of faith-based stories that wouldn't fit in the genre where I get a little squicky is when it's like, it's a faith-based production company. And then, you know, like they, it's a hidden message or like the one that drove me nuts and my kids watched it. And I felt really bad because after they watched it, I gave this big talk to them about like, well, that's not really how God works was like, it was like a kid who drowned and then they prayed hard enough. And then he came back to life in the hospital. Like, I don't like those. It was called yeah. unbroken. It wasn't unbroken, but it was, it was like something like twelve that. minutes in heaven yeah. or something. Well, we could be we could be talking about a lot of different movies. Yeah, they I, just just say, very I just described every Christian movie, y'all, so it's hard wish, to say. I wish y'all could see Derek's uh, face right now. He's just yeah, he's blankly got, staring and <laughs> shaking his like head. You explain the plot, Chris. Derek, you guys in. just kind of started off talking about uh, white millennial movies that I'll never watch, <laughs> <laughs> and then went into the hokey Christian movies that I'll never watch. So I'm just gonna no. sit this one out, guys. I, but I will say this: it seems like white evangelicals, conservative evangelicals, really right now. Are culturally are down by 50 at the half and it doesn't look like they're coming back. Like, it, I agree with that assessment. Like, it, it looks bad, man. It's, like fourth, it's fourth and 30 right now. Yeah, it's like they don't need a Hail Mary to get back. I mean, you got you got the Black Lives Matter, you got the anti-mask, you got the faith-based mm-hmm. movie, yeah. 95% rating on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. It's 
Hey, look, conservatives, you got Jerry Falwell with Menage Twice. Yeah, you down yeah. by 50 right now. You got John we need McArthur. some new press. Yeah, bro, it's, look, it, <laughs> you, you guys, hey, look, you're going to need that to call Jordan. Jordan or LeBron gets you guys back up. What do we got? <laughs> we had Tebow for a bit. That was that was a was oh, that a call win? Tebow. <laughs> Tebow can do it. It's just was that, a, it was a long time ago. Now I know it's not Tebow time anymore. But that was a, that was a little hey, W. It's a 50 always yard Tebow jump time. pass. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you seen him on Instagram? That dude is three times more jacked than he was when he played professional it's, football. He's just getting he, bigger. He's like the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He's just expanding. Um, man, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping that this opens the door for like other kind of the call is coming from inside the house where it's yeah. like, hey, we can we can laugh about our own subculture. Can't we? Yes. You know, this is ridiculous. Right. You know, like we can be honest about that. Uh, hopefully it's it's good. I mean, have you be, guys yeah. talked on the show about the podcast Mega? Have you guys discussed this podcast? No, I don't know if we've discussed it on the show, but I'm a fan. Yeah, okay. I have well, because that's to me very fascinating too. It's a podcast where it's improv actors pretending to be the staff of a mega church doing a podcast. And it's very Yo. much it's very good. It's funny. I remember yeah, the one funny. line in one of the early ones, of course, one of the people on staff is has an Australian accent and they yes. like, but they like note that they're like, and we got to, we got to introduce you to Ben. He's like, good day, everyone. And they're like, you will notice he has an Australian accent. It's one of those valuable accents in evangelicalism. So, uh, you know, tell us a little about yourself, you know, totally. <laughs> That's good. All right. What else you got? All right. Uh, well, the last thing I want to talk about today, and uh, it, it's been a few di- few days now, but we were we were out when this was going down. Um, I do want to take a minute. We'd be remiss to not bring up the loss of Chadwick Boseman, uh, which was which was obviously just a huge shock and extremely devastating. A huge shock, really, to everybody. This was a his uh, his lengthy battle with colon cancer was something he kept extremely private. Evidently, something that only he and his family really knew about. And then he passed away last Friday, at the age of forty three years old, at his home in L.A. He had his wife and his family by his side. Um, he, during his, his way too brief, but really excellent career, he played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. Of mm. course, he played Black Panther. And, uh, he also just seemed like by all accounts, just an incredible leader, a tremendous guy who everybody who worked with him, uh, only had really good things to say about the experience and was, were seemingly, uh, extremely inspired by his, by his legacy, by his work, by hip, uh, also by his faith. Uh, people spoke about that very powerfully and he spoke about his faith very powerfully too uh at an address he he gave a commencement speech at howard where he graduated from uh i think we have a little clip of that speech as well clark sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that god predestined inside of you god says in jeremiah i know the plans i have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. 
It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. I mean, there's not a lot to say about this one other than it's just one of those just really, really heartbreaking. In a year full of heartbreak, this one uh, landed mm-hmm. extra hard for a lot of people, obviously. And and we're praying for the Bozeman family and, and I'm aware that they're... Uh, connected to a really good church there in Atlanta and, and hope that that in the weeks ahead that they can be they can find a little bit of peace and solace and in, in the impact that Chadwick had during his life. One of the things I didn't know about him, um, you know, I saw T.D. Jake's post uh, after he passed and, and he mentioned that he'd never met Chadwick Bozeman, but but that Chadwick was a faithful member of the Potter House uh, Church in L.A., uh, which Sarah Jakes Roberts, who was on this podcast a week and a half ago, is a co-pastor of and that he was a, a, a member there. And then, so when I learned that, that he was a man of faith and then I went back and kind of looked through like that speech we just heard and so many of the roles that he played and so many of the things he said in interviews, it, the through line of, of intentionality and faith is there in almost everything he did. It is a life well lived and um, intentional. It seemed like he was very intentional with everything he did and he'll be very missed. Man, it, it, it's painful. Like I, we were uh, watching Black Panther with my kids a couple of days ago, and my youngest son is like, "I just love Wakandan tech," and then uh, my uh, oldest son is like, "Yeah, I think, I think, I think they're gonna make some of this stuff." And then my youngest son is like, "No, no, Wakanda is real," and it's like that kind of. Because like, I grew up where, you know, in the superhero movies, it's the black thug gangster dudes getting knocked out by the white superhero guy. So it's like, you know, Black Panther. I remember when I first saw him in uh, in Civil War, it was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, like, even for me, like, literally, I shed a tear at the end of the Black, the black Panther movie just because I knew how important this is. So just knowing, and, and you know, Thurgood Marshall, like mm-hmm. I mean, Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson, he played mm-hmm. so many yeah. roles, but then just the excellence that he that he operated in, and then also to know off camera he was a man of integrity. Like right. th- I think that's what, because it's like yo, he's the good guy's winning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for me, I was like, man, this is this is a hard one. Like if 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 white conservative evangelicals are down by fifty, black people we down by like seventy right now. <laughs> it's painful, <laughs> yo. We like, dang. <laughs> like you look Kobe at the beginning of the year, like Kobe yeah. Bryant, you know what I mean, and his daughter. Then you look at you know these are people that are like like held huge positions as far as people living, you know, obviously Kobe had issues, but you know, he ends his life with a man of integrity. He made a mistake, but you look how he raised his daughters and all that stuff. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, devastating for sure. For me, at least, you know? All right. Well, thanks a lot, Tyler. For <laughs> I, I, I don't make the news. Uh, it, but, <laughs> very true i do all right good to see you. good to see you all and uh you can obviously read more about all these stories there, there was a really i won't read it all because it was long but ryan cooler who wrote and directed black panther and was working on black panther too up until last week yeah. uh wrote a long and really beautiful tribute to to his friend bozeman then and we posted that over the site too i would encourage you to go check that out i found it very very moving all right well go check that out at relevantmagazine.com That'll do it for the hot list. Stay tuned. Up next, Christian Gray joins us. Can't
You're listening to Phoenix. The song is identical. Well, today's show is also brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every detail of the socks we wear to make them more comfortable. I, if I wear socks, I literally wear Bombas. I, I say if because during quarantine, I wear a lot of slides. So like not, not rocking the socks as much. Um, but Bombas are amazing. And they do more than just keep your feet cozy. They give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 giving partners. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash relevant. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash relevant. Well, Christian Gray is a rapper and producer from Columbus, Ohio. He just released his newest album, Closer, Restore My Sight. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with him for a far-reaching conversation. They cover the Black Lives Matter protests, facing racism in the church, dealing with addiction, and learning how to love everyone, even his enemies. The way God calls them to. Here is our conversation with Christian Gray. To your opinion, you have the right, um, you know, to be wrong. You know what I'm saying? You have the right to have to change your mind, right? I have that right. And sometimes, especially in the religious spaces, we come in with these rights that that God didn't even give us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the 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 right to like force everybody to feel the way you feel, or the right to like correct somebody's life's you know experience because it doesn't line up with your theological interpretation or the right to claim the corner of what this context actually is referring to because you went and made several trips to Israel and now you all of a sudden were there you know what I mean like so many things we don't know bro you know what I mean and what I'm what I'm learning is like for me, I have to take a step back and realize that you can't love people without speaking the truth. And you can't speak the truth without love. You can't do it. Not the truth that we've been given through Christ. You cannot speak that truth. Even if word for word, what you're saying is accurate, it will not translate or affect people the way that it's supposed to, unless it's done with love. I mean, am I, I mean that bro, that's first Corinthians 13. You know what I'm saying? And you can't love people and genuinely love somebody if you will not give them the good news.
released a song called Beautiful Dreamer and the remix had Propaganda on it. And, you know, props been, yeah, props been in the space, man. Like, you know, just, it takes somebody, you know, from the West Coast, right? You know what I mean? Coming from a, a, a very hip hop oriented group like the Tunnel Rats and, you know, woven into the tapestry of the history of Christian hip hop to start stepping out and like, predominantly white evangelical spaces, you know what I mean? And becoming like the supreme coffee head, you know what I mean? And, 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 and having to balance both worlds and have to make a career out of it. So you're constantly thinking about like, okay, the decisions that I make to be authentic and to, two, more importantly, give people this truth and love, it might cost me my livelihood. Um, so yeah, it has, it has been tough. I have taken some arrows, but man, I kind of came in the, in the game with this mentality of like, if I lift up Jesus, then I know that he'll draw everybody to himself and he will always take care of me. I'm not looking for a safe life. I'm looking for a life where I'm protected. You know what I mean? And the Holy spirit can live throughout me and hopefully help somebody else so that we don't have to keep putting these masks on. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't have to do this anymore, bro. Church, I am not your modern day model. I make trends for everybody to follow. I feel more like David than the apostles. But the giants we facing are more colossal. It's like we made our own race and turned hostile. Yo, what's the difference between Christian and gospel? And if you quote the Old Testament, you're a fossil? False teaching, gotta listen with your nostrils. Me and Shab exposing our time foolery. Cool kids ain't cool to me. Too much to maneuver through. I kept it simple cause I needed to. And never bite the hand. There are times when I didn't say what I felt like I needed to say because you know I was afraid of what it would mean for me. Or there were times where I took, you know, positions or contracts while I was still battling my addiction. You know what I mean? And we you know, look at something that happened to like, you know, somebody like John Christ. You know what I mean? Like I can look at somebody like him and see, like, he's not far off. Like, I've struggled with sex addiction for most of my adult life. And I remember the times where I wasn't in therapy. You know what I mean? I remember the times where I didn't realize that I had a mental health issue. And all of those times I was standing up and tell, telling people this same good news, right? In love, giving the truth, but not being true to myself. the final shot, you better call time out. I came here to win what you mad about Time out Get up out my lane, you don't have to clout Time out Nothing you can do that'll stop me now Time out The game is on the line and it's no timeouts I ain't never calling time out I ain't never calling time out No, time out, time out I ain't never calling time out have always wanted to be the person who stepped down from the platform when I realized I needed to then for God to have then for God to have to take me off of it um, because there's a psychological aspect that comes with that when God has to humble you in front of people you know we kind of take the the approach that Saul did you know what I mean in the in the Old Testament where we, we it seems like he recognized it but he was he wasn't ready to be humble yet so he's like you know throwing spears at David because he's jealous and it's like Dog, you did this. You're the one who sent him out to, to murder the giant. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I would rather him meet me in the middle of the road like he did Saul in the New Testament. 
and just like say like, hey, let me have a face-to-face conversation with you. What are you doing? Blind me, do whatever you have to do. And when I come out of it, please help me help somebody else. That's what Closer was about. I want to see you in the faces of not only people that look like me, but I want to see Christ in the faces of people who hate me for the color of my skin. I want to look at them and not say, okay, you know, I'm going to forgive you. Not just that. I want to see someone who hates me and see Jesus. That was Christian Gray. Make sure to check out his new album, Closer, Restore My Sight, wherever you get your music. I want you to lie, lie, right to my face. I want you to put your hands on my waist. Can we just dance till the skies are white? Cause I really can't get my heart broken tonight. I want you to show me there's a future here. You're listening to Sasha Sloan. The song is Lie. Well, on that note, we are going to wrap things up. This new twice a week uh, format leaves the audience wanting more. We're cutting it off right there. Make sure to check out our Tuesday episode uh, for slices and another great guest. Ah, we can tell you Hillsong Young and Free is coming. And also on the Tuesday show, we have a huge announcement you won't want to miss well many thanks to christian gray for joining us you can find out more about his new project at christiangray.com that's c-h-r-i-s-t-o-n-g-r-a-y.com and thanks also to Kristen howardin for joining us uh now you can find out more about her counseling her book her podcast at kristenhowardin.com and like i mentioned at the beginning of the show make sure to tune in on tuesday's episode coming up she'll also be sitting in with us again. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. And I'm Derek Miner. I'm Kristen Howerton. There we go. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, check out our Relevant Podcast Network, featuring shows like Relevant Daily, Signs of Life, Unedited, and many more launching throughout the year. Your employment prospects might not be great, but you should see what they can do with a Frisbee. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.